Chapter four part nineteen of famous stories every child should know this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org famous stories every child should know edited by Hamilton Wright maybe chapter four part nineteen Undine by Friedrich Baron de Lamotte folk Part nineteen how the knight Huldbrand was interred Father Heilman had returned to the castle as soon as he heard of the Lord of Ringstetten's death And he appeared there just after the monk who had married the hapless pair had fled full of alarm and horror It is well answered Heilman when told this now is the time for my office. I want no assistant he addressed spiritual exhortations to the widowed bride but little impression could be made on so worldly and thoughtless a mind the old fisherman although grieved to the heart resigned himself more readily to the awful dispensation and when bertalda kept calling undine a witch and a murderer the old man calmly answered the stroke could not be turned away for my part i see only the hand of god therein and none grieved more deeply over huldbrand's sentence than she who was doomed to inflict it the poor forsaken undine and he helped to arrange the funeral ceremonies in a manner suitable to the high rank of the dead he was to be buried in a neighboring hamlet whose churchyard contained the graves of all his ancestors and which he himself enriched with many noble gifts his helmet and coat of arms lay upon the coffin about to be lowered into earth with all his mortal remains for Lord Huldbrand of Ringstetten was the last of his race. The mourners began their dismal procession, and the sound of their solemn dirge rose into the calm blue depths of heaven. Heilman walked first, bearing on high a crucifix, and the bereaved Bertalda followed leaning on her aged father. Suddenly, amid the crowd of mourners who composed the widow's train, appeared a snow-white figure, deeply veiled, with hands uplifted in an attitude of intense grief those that stood near her felt a shudder creep over them they shrank back and thus increased the alarm of those whom the stranger next approached so that confusion gradually spread itself through the whole train here and there was to be found a soldier bold enough to address the figure and attempt to drive her away but she always eluded their grasp and the next moment reappeared among the rest moving along with slow and solemn step at length when the attendants had all fallen back she found herself close behind bertalda and now slackened her pace to the very slowest measure so that the widow was not aware of her presence no one disturbed her again while she meekly and reverently glided on behind her and so they advanced till they reached the churchyard when the whole procession formed a circle round the open grave bertalda then discovered the unbidden guest and half angry half frightened she forbade her to come near the knight's resting place but the veiled form gently shook her head and extended her hands in humble entreaty this gesture reminded bertalda of poor undine when she gave her the coral necklace on the danube and she could not but weep father heilman enjoined silence for they had begun to heap earth over the grave 
and were about to offer up solemn prayers around it. Bertalda knelt down in silence, and all her followers did the same. When they rose, lo, the white form had vanished, and on the spot where she had knelt, a bright silvery brook now gushed out of the turf and flowed round the knight's tomb till it had almost wholly encircled it, and then it ran further on and emptied itself into a shady pool which bounded one side of the churchyard. From that time forth, the villagers are said to have shown travellers this clear spring, and they still believe it to be the poor forsaken Undine, who continues thus to twine her arms round her beloved lord. End of chapter 4 Part 19